0: Hello and welcome to The Cage Push. your host Malcolm Mickelson and me, Drake Mickelson, where we will select, scrutinize, and solve this question about Nicolas Cage movie. Did Cage fail the movie or did the movie fail Cage? Spoiler, the answer is always the latter. Proceeding with the undeniable that Nicolas Cage can only create perfection, we'll place the movie's failings at the feet of another. To that end, we'll start with a Metacritic score, assign culpability to each point nicked with the following three Cage Accordies, Direction, Script, and Cage Stars. Who blended this movie's cagiosity? We're about to find out. In this episode, we will be dealing with the classic Moonstruck. This is a movie that uh, actually, I believe, won, a, won them an Oscar. Um, it was made in 1987, a romantic comedy. And I am just going to read the blurb here. It will tell you everything you need to know. Best Actress Cher goes on from frumpy to fabulous as a widow Loretta Castaroni living with her Italian family in Brooklyn and engaged to an average nice guy where her fiance's brother, Nicolas Cage, appears. But boom, it's full moon romance. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I would like to start this off right now. We're going to go with the, with both sides of it, as usual. Um, I believe, what was, the, what was the Metacritic score on this one, Malcolm? Oh, I should have that pulled up. I believe it was 85. Yeah, it's very high. And so we have 15% of culpability to f- the follow between the a- the director, the writer, and the other actors in this or the cage stars in this movie. It's um, 83. 83. Oh, 17%. We even that makes it forward.
1: a must-see Metacritic movie.
0: So we should start off with this. Malcolm, did you enjoy this movie at all? It was a very odd movie. Um,
1: I don't know how else to describe it. The kitchen scene was the most awkward scene I've ever seen in cinema, the ending of the movie. Um, Ah. But it's a, I think the whole thing takes place over like 36 hours. And during that time, she gets proposed to, engaged, meets his brother, cheats on him with his brother, breaks up with him in front of her whole family for his brother. Um, And his mom almost dies, but not really.
0: It's a lot. It is, um, I, uh, this is actually pretty much a, this is a a classic 70s, 80s movie um, where they throw the kitchen sink at it and then at the end, everything just works out at the end. Um, Everyone's happy. Yeah, the ending with even the, even the guy that's been jilted is happy because he gets to join the family because the the old grandfather brings him in. is great. Um, I would say, I, it's a it's a, it is a weird movie especially compared to like more modern movies where this is actually an old-fashioned comedy where everything's stuck in the, the kitchen sinks thrown in and everyone does their jobs right as far as the acting goes Everything's kind of a sides to the camera and the, the entire plot is just made up just to basically have a two two people fall in love uh, i think i told you before this is basically Beauty. It's actually Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella mixed together. Um, Cage is playing the Beast who is, uh, for, has been cursed for in some way. Um, shares Cinderella who gets kissed at the end and has, gets to go to the ball which is the opera at the end. Um, and everything ends up with a happy ever, ever after ending. The only thing that they, this movie does differently from a lot of those it doesn't ha- actually have a villain.
1: Yeah. Uh, they try to make the uh, the the original fiancé, the villain, with we, like three lines of dialogue, and that's, you're not supposed
0: to like him anymore afterwards. I think I think what they're trying to do is that this is not – I think it's the whole thing is this is supposed to be, first of all, a bunch of very not bright people in the middle of a movie. Um, none of them have are, are, are what I would consider deep thinkers. Even the deep think, thinker thing where she throws out, here, a wolf who chewed off, the, off your own foot. In order, to, uh, in order to get away. The wolf metaphor is actually thrown at her when she goes to buy her liquor at the beginning of the movie. I mean, everything is a copy. Everything's a callback. Everything joins together. It's like a the, the whole movie is kind of like a little writer's puzzle box where there's like a callback to everything. Nicholas Cage, it says, a man, what was the thing he said right after he said his uh, classic, I lost my hand. He has that little line where he says, a man realizes. And the father says they, starts off his line at the very end too with a, a man realizes at the end of his life that's, I mean, this whole thing's like a writer's exercise, which is basically goes on with what they always do with the plays and everything else. I think it's actually, it's also, it's funny because they go to see an opera, which why this guy likes opera, I have no idea. But the whole movie's set up as an opera. You have the beginning scene where you kind of get to see everybody. There's a few jokes. They meet the, they meet the two lovers, they fall in love. And there's gotta be some reason for them not to be together right away. Well, it's Danny Aiello, who's a, the stupid brother. And then after a couple of this and that's, they get together and everybody laughs and they go off. It's, I mean, it's also a classic uh, Italian opera too. If I can throw in a little bit of my uh, my uh, schooling from operas when I was in college 106 years ago. So, so you mentioned uh, what
1: is actually my cage out scene which is the first time you ever see Nicholas Cage, he leads off with what is life? They say bread is life and I bake bread. And then <laughs> he yells, bring me the big knife and reveals his hand that's missing fingers and screams, I lost my hand. I lost my bride.
0: <laughs> bring me the big knife. I'm going to cut my throat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> establishes <laughs> him quickly
1: he's not the most likable guy <laughs> either at that point. He, for some reason he slouched over so he's like six inches shorter than he actually is and when he orders food he he likes his steak well done which i feel like is maybe she, the most unlikable thing one
0: person could do and then she sets him straight she's gonna make a bloody to feed his blood <sighs> i i because of what this movie is, is it's just supposed to be a comedy. It's hard to fault it for say for all these stupid lines because it's exactly it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. So I'm not worried about that. Let's go in, let's go in and do some of the cage equation because I have a I have a little bit of a shall we say a hot take about the Nicolas Cage's performance after we do this. But let's set up first of all. Do we have any things in this movie that you any performances that you didn't like with the with the co stars?
1: With the co-stars. Um, Let me scroll down. There are so many. I don't know if I didn't like any. There's two things that are really weird. One, there's a guy at the beginning of the movie named Al who I think runs a mortuary. Yes. And I don't know if we ever see him again.
0: No, we don't. His only
1: line is, I make him look better dead than in
0: life. Yeah. And then he spills butter on his tie. He goes, Yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah it's... Oh. It... <laughs> Then
1: there's the uh, the crazy old lady at the airport, which ages this movie. She oh. says that she wants to blow up the plane and hopes it explodes, and no one reacts to that.
0: <laughs> I put a curse on that plane. Um. I, oh, because her sister, who stole her man, is on that plane. She's gonna have exactly die. Yes. that. Was actually, it's like the it's it, but it was hilarious at the same time. It's just like, <laughs> and then. The share, the share character goes, I don't believe in curses. And then the old woman, after she says all this, goes, neither do I.
1: Well, she she doesn't believe in curses and then yells about bad luck for the yes. entirety of the movie. Um, and the last, this might be the most realistic part of the movie because I can see some crappy families doing this. The dad throws around her dead husband left and right for, for everything. Anytime yes. he wants a trump card, he brings up the fact that her husband got hit by a bus.
0: They, all oh, yeah. do. they just throw them around. But why is it a dead husband? Because it was bad luck. Why was there bad luck? They didn't have a wedding. Why didn't they have a wedding? Probably because the dad didn't like the, the son, the kid, guy in the first place. So it, it's this big wraparound thing where everybody legitimately, if they would have made this movie in, in this day and age, everyone would have deep-seated hatred for each other. And it's kind of nice that the dad says awful things to the daughter, the daughter says awful things to her parents, and they just keep going it doesn't matter that's just what that's the way they talk to each other i was actually kind of happy with that part i uh i yeah i don't know i don't really have any i don't have anybody in this movie that the only guy that i kind of didn't like in the position and he actually kind of did his job though was was the guy that the mom dated or didn't date but she had dinner with yeah Sleep with
1: the students multiple times throughout the movie
0: yeah, and I just not same, even
1: is it the same
0: student that there was water on him both times, or is it a different student? No, it's a different one. They have the oh. he has the exact same conversation with two different people for no reason. Um I it's not even the character. I know the character's not supposed to be likable because then that makes it you know that the mom isn't gonna do anything with it, so it makes it that safe. Um, but the, the guy was just I don't know, he became Fraser's dad and and in the shows later on he was also played the uh i believe he was in the john kuzak movie um he was the dad of the of the woman who uh, of the girl that john kuzak was dating and he also
1: said this is this is the movie that got him fraser so yeah
0: yeah i mean and he's a good actor i think he plays the part right but i think that would be the only person that would maybe recast in the whole movie and i i think it's just because he was he didn't fit in with any of the other people here. And I'd like to say it was, I, I don't know if it's because everyone else was supposed to be Italian. I don't know. Although it's funny that Nicolas Cage is actually part Italian and probably looks the least Italian other than that guy in the entire movie. He also, every once in a while throws in a little bit of an Italian accent. Like everyone else is throwing on Italian accents everywhere. And he's like, eh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in something every once in a while. The kind of, and when I say Italian, I mean like a, a New York the, the New York yeah. Italian thing not an actual of course then the grandfather actually does one too they have like the, the New York accent thing going on and Nicolas Cage later on in his life seems to go southern I'm not sure where that came from but He's I would say so.
1: what he does Yeah, He
0: embodies these roles <laughs> <laughs> so then there's the directing and the writing. I, I, if I had to between those two, I think the writing actually is pretty solid for what, once again, for what it is, the writing's good. The story's exactly what it's supposed to be. I if anything, I guess the directing's like maybe the problem with it. I'm not sure where we're. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: blame the studio wholeheartedly okay. the studio <laughs> okay. for one reason. They didn't want Nicholas Cage.
0: Okay, well there we go. And I
1: think that's what, I think when you read the reviews, the essence is, it should have been more cagey. Yes,
0: absolutely. But, but they
1: don't know how to say it yet, because it's so early in his career. But he gets he gets his one scene, and the rest of the time he's pretty calm. I guess he has he has the, the, the giant knife, and then he has where uh, he takes her to his apartment, and then yells at, berates her, yes. and she yelled back at him and then that's how they fall in love um
0: they just needed more cage and i got this yeah so maybe we'll do that with that because i'm i uh i don't know but if you would have done the whole thing with it would have overpowered everybody the problem was that Cher was supposed to be the uh the star of the show yeah so maybe she, that I,
1: I didn't know how Cher. like i told you the only time i've ever seen Cher act was whatever movie she's sleeping with frankie Muniz. Which I think is what she's doing in that movie. I don't exactly remember.
0: Which was um, the twi- the twins movie from the from the Farley Dumb and Brothers? Dumb, Dumb and, no, no, it was no? the twin. No, Dumb and Dumber was with. Uh, this was the one with Matt Damon, wasn't he? Dumb and Dumber is the
1: one that he he was in. Stuck on you,
0: stuck on That's you. What it the, was. Yeah, with K- Kinnear and uh, and was it Matt Damon? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and that was yeah, that was. Because he was in the in the TV show with uh, in the TV show with Cher, where he was acting, <laughs> and, they kept, and Matt Damon kept kind of being was always behind the the uh, plan or something when they were doing the shots. Um.
1: So I'll say, uh, I, not all of them in the studio. There's, I really don't like the opening scene either, which is exactly. just a weird, the weird, whole the whole proposal is weird to me. I don't know if they don't do proposals in Italy, but he seems like he's not gonna propose at all. And then she hasn't proposed, so they don't have bad luck. And then well, yeah. the, guy, the guy trying to sleep with his student interrupts and gets water thrown on him. It was oh. just kind
0: of all over the place. Yeah, it was, but I think that was that was also on, I think it was also the show Danny Aiello didn't know what he was doing. He's gonna pro- propose to her he had it all planned. He was gonna do this and that, and then he just blurts it out out of nowhere. He's basically like a small child which is why he likes her because she basically treats him like a small child, like his mom does. I mean, there's all sorts of things like that. Then when she gets, runs into his brother, he doesn't want a mom. I don't know. There's, there's a, a you know, all sorts of things. I think it's probably not the, the best uh, representation also of, of women. Cause you basically have three roles. You can be a daughter a mother or a wife. Oh, and she account- she's also an accountant. She actually runs several businesses, but that's really not a big deal. That's not really part of her life. But he but even she-
1: says something, right? What does he say? Right? Uh, he giggles about a man that can't control his woman. Yeah, it's right funny. He <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is, yeah, so it, it's, a, it's an old school movie. It has a lot of problems. Um, I would say that might be their thing, but the other thing is, is if, if you start throwing all that stuff in, then it kind of, it's a clean movie like it goes straight through from a to b they don't worry about all this actual uh humanity stuff in there they just get their jokes in and then the two people kiss at the end and the mom also one of my favorite lines is when the mom asked her do you love him and she goes i love it i love him awful and she goes oh that's too bad yeah <laughs> the idea of actually loving your spouse is probably one of the worst things that could happen um Maybe also the infidelity. I didn't like that. The
1: other point would be the only justification for her to cheat with a guy she's known for six hours is the fact that he's whiny.
0: Yeah, and I,
1: everyone glosses over that fact. He just deals
0: with it. <laughs> well, I mean, there's the whole subplot with the mirroring thing with the the, mom, the dad somehow then compares what he's doing to what she's doing to also what the mother's doing. And out of all three of them, the guy, the dad's like the most awful person in the world. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. I did not like the dad at all. But then he also pulls off the line like it's moons. He gives the girlfriend the, the bracelet that has uh, birds and stars. And then he says, birds fly to the stars. Like, like all these lines he keeps saying, like these things, like even make any sense at all.
1: Yeah. And then there's the, the uncle who I think's only purpose is to talk about the moon
0: yeah which I mean yeah, once it's again it's a title a, somehow I guess yeah it just ties it together everybody's under the same crazy moon this is also I mean these are all tropes from like plays and I mean they go all the way back to Shakespeare and all this other stuff so that's a, I mean it ties it together under more of a classical approach to storytelling or whatever you want to do um, so we're gonna go like uh, what I would say with the the co stars, let's go, cage stars. I would say about 5%. I don't know. Yeah, because so, I mean,
1: they all do what they're supposed to do. I guess. I, I just guess. don't like what they're doing in the
0: movie. Yeah. Although the girl, I'd say that the girl with the, the biggest acting moment and the, the whole thing is when he says, Grab me the knife. I'm not going to grab you the knife. And then it, it zooms in on her. And she's the one that's in love with him. I've been in love with him for so long, no one even knows. And her eyes, I don't know if you noticed this, her eyes are red. I think she must have rubbed like raw onion in her eyes in order to get one tear to come down because it looks like she's been crying for six days.
1: (laughs) Maybe they just kept reshooting the (laughs) (laughs) scene. So,
0: yeah, I don't know. I I guess the, the worst one out of this is director, but you're probably right. The studio is number one.
1: Yeah, the studio, and then I have one large. grant. I'm actually not going to blame any of our normal categories. I'm going to give thirteen points out of seventeen to the studio for trying not to cast cage. Yeah, and four points to whoever sound balanced this movie, because there's a point my speaker almost blew up when the plane's taking off. It is ten thousand <laughs> times louder than everything else in the movie to the point my wall shook. Really, when just that scene happened, and they went back to white. And they're like whispering before that. Yeah, carrying deep seated hatred for the sound mixer. <laughs> so those those are that's my vote. What what's your vote? You said five for your you're going to.
0: I do not even five. go that. You say, I will go with your honestly. I liked all the actors except for the one. And I just think he's a good actor, but I just didn't really like the. And maybe it's the character. I didn't like the character. I don't. Know. I didn't like the fact that they tried to make the mom seem like she's cheating when she didn't do anything wrong at all the whole time. But I got yeah, I'm going to still go, I'm going to go 4% with the actors. And I think your studio thing's right. So I'll give 10% there and I'll give 3% to the director. I didn't have and problems what, with the sound. What's the director getting his three points for? It was just really pedestrian. It was just like a, bah, you know, I don't think he really showed anything big on it, but it was. He was now, there. a
1: pedestrian now. Or was it, like, is this one of the first movies that was shot like that? Because you um, said it like, got an Oscar, right? Or nominated for, I don't know.
0: Uh, she did. She got an Oscar for it. Um, Let's go down to Critical Response, Time, wrote Accolades. It got nominated for Best Picture, got nominated for Best Director. How? I don't know. So maybe that's one of the reasons why, because he got more. And I mean, the guy that directed is directed lots of stuff. I'm not saying that he's not... He, I mean, he's always been, he's kind of like Ron Howard. He puts it out there, you know, easy hands. You don't have to worry about anything going wrong. But at the same time, I don't see anything great in the movie that would be that. Cher one for Best Actress. Olympia Dukakis One for Best Supporting Actress and Best Screenplay also one. That's also another one I don't understand, but, you know.
1: Yeah, it makes know. me wonder though, is it, is it winning all these because it was like, Maybe there's a few other ones, but it did it just better than everyone else.
0: It was a fun movie. Yeah. It's, I, and and Olympia Dukakis has been around forever. They were giving her, it was kind of like one of those where we're going to, she did a really good job. So we're going to give it to her for, you know, for the, for, for like a more of a a career award versus, but, and I don't even want to go into guess what the best screenplays that year were because that would probably blow my mind. That this movie won best screenplay. Um, wouldn't want to do too much research into that one. But the best supporting actor also was nominated was Vincent Cardina Um I think he may have been I'm trying to see which one he was. I think that was actually the dad. That's the dad. Yeah, I think. And he did. I mean, once again, he was playing an unlikable character, but he was he did a good job at it too. Well, here, here's the here's the other
1: nominees. Oh, that's Academy Award winners. Yes, it was uh, so the nominees against them in the Academy Awards were "Hope and Glory," "Broadcast News," "Au Revoir, Les Enfants," yeah, uh, which I'm gonna assume is French.
0: Yes, and "Radio Days" written by Woody Allen. Well, the one the "Broadcast News" is actually now one that's actually, I would say, probably most people would probably go should have won because that's actually been. That's the one that still carries through. I mean, there's there's a couple scenes in that that are classics, at least for old people like me. Um, he lost this to Sean Connery from The Untouchables and supporting role. Well, come on. I mean, but how did Nicolas Cage not get a best supporting actor over this guy in this movie? Yeah.
1: Actress in a supporting role. I mean, the only big movie that I'm seeing with other this many nominees is uh, Fatal Attraction. Because that's who Cher went out over was Glenn Close.
0: Yeah. Which is amazing because actually Glenn Close was kind of the... Usually when you <clears throat> play the crazy person you usually get a little bit better. <laughs> oh, there's so many problematic things in this. None of these movies would have been made this way. No, I don't, I don't think it would have gone off the ground.
1: So even Even his hand was interesting where he Oh, it's was, it was just the fingers. He somehow managed to cut off
0: straight across all his fingers and nothing uh-huh. else. Well, he had, if, Did he have his thumb still? No, he didn't. He didn't have his thumb either, which I thought actually this was actually if you were feeding your bread into the machine, that's exactly how it would happen. If they, if you mangled your fingers, they'd probably just amputate them at the thing.
1: It, I, that's You know, maybe a point goes there right because I didn't like this part. The reason he was blaming his brother for it was his brother was talking to him, I think.
0: But it doesn't make any sense. Nicholas Cage isn't playing a brain surgeon in this one. None of it makes any sense. Why would he blame his brother? He lost it. And then he does this whole speech of, you know, I even when he looked at the moon up in the sky, another brilliant thing that actually, <laughs> he looks at the sky, he goes, look at the moon. It looks like a big snowball. <laughs> it's a horrible line. <laughs> That's the same time. Nicholas Cage isn't playing. A, I mean, this guy's not a brain surgeon. He's like, he's a stupid guy that breaks big spread.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, they, they th- don't ever even resolve the girl that loves him, do they?
0: Oh, they she never has, like, even
1: show. Two scenes where she's in the background, but that's it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that all the people around in that whole in the whole thing were there just to show that he's got to be likable somehow because all these people like it. But, you know, it brings up they're all cursed too. They're all the in beauty of the beast there. There is somehow the curse descended upon his house and his house is the bakery, you know, and they're, they're yeah, all part of it. I miss, I miss of one of my favorite lines too. Okay.
1: He yells, what's wrong can never be made right. And then starts shoveling coal into a furnace. Yes. That's, is that the first thing that he says to her? Yes. It's pretty close to the first thing when she says who she is. Yeah. Oh,
0: That whole scene is just brilliant, and that's going to bring it back. I think this may be one of Nicolas Cage's finest performances ever.
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree,
0: only because of "Bring Me the Big Knife." Bring me the big big knife. Then he stops. He does the. He goes nuclear cage there. Then he brings it back down, and he looks up with an open, open mouth breathing moment, stares into the space, and says, "A man," (laughs) and does his man speech. I, I. I don't think he's ever, there were a couple moments in there too. He was, it was weird. Cause he kind of reminded me of, and this is a weird comparison, but back in that time, at the same time, Bruce Willis was coming up and he did the same kind of thing that Bruce Willis did and perfected, which was like this little, uh, smirky kind of thing going on there, which he never d- did again. Um, it was almost like he was trying to be a movie star. And then at some point he just decided he wasn't going to be a movie star, and then he did Con Air and decided he's going to be a movie star again. He's got this whole range of tricks in him that he can do at any point in time, and he just never, never does them because he'd rather make a movie about getting a samurai town and getting his hand cut off, which is awesome. Awesome living yes. animatronics. Yes. So we're. I. This may be the point where he. He showed all of his powers, and then just decided, yeah, I'm done with it. Because yeah, this is before Con Air, right? This is before well, his this is big
1: action movies?
0: This is like this one is, of
1: his first roles.
0: Yeah, this is one of his first big, big roles ever. And once again, he was so unknown that they didn't even want him in the role.
1: Yeah, he had Raising Arizona right the same year as this.
0: Which was not a hit. It was not a big movie. Which seems weird, because it was a uh, That you know those guys were making those movies but they weren't even big yet either so that's
1: eight years before it's hard it's hard to see how long before because he did 20 movies in eight years leading up to con air
0: after this this guy's i i don't know that that uh three or four minutes of stretch of acting in the middle there may have been the greatest thing he's ever done i range of emotions he went crazy um, there was no real weird accent, Southern drawl going on at the time, um, and I, I was in awe. I've, I've, I went back and watched that thing like three times in a row. I actually just rewound it and watched it because I would seen the movie before, so I'm like, go back and that's the part where, I re- that's that's my one of my second times to see Nicholas Cage. The first one was Raising Arizona, and then this movie. Those were my first two things I've ever seen Nicholas Cage before, and I. I was hooked. I was hooked.
1: So my, my first movie was National Treasure, which will always be his greatest movie to me. <laughs> and Wicker Man. I distinctly remember Wicker Man because for some reason TNT showed Wicker Man for a full
0: year. Yeah, because it was, it was such a... TNT always did that. Any movie that bombed at the boss, box office, they would grab it, buy the rights to it, and just kill it to death. Shawshank Redemption. Um... You're putting Shawshank Redemption on the same level as Wicker Man. Oh my gosh. It was on, I'm not the same. I just, there were two movies that were reran at any point in time you could turn over to TNT and they were on. That was uh, a, right. no, nope, that's good. So I think we got our, we've kind of got our answer here a little bit. You threw in the oddball, of the movie studio and I'm going to say, I agree with you completely on that. Um, was that John Mulvaney was was a slight, a slight detraction. And I just I just felt like he wasn't quite in the movie. Everyone else was doing kind of a different kind of movie, and he seemed to be more of a, a just in a different movie than everybody else did. Of course, so did Nicholas I mean, Case. A lot
1: of the weirdness comes from that's just a that might be the the worst scene for me, is them trying to make it seem like everyone's bad in it. Yeah. So they make the mom who's completely loyal to her husband who's cheating on her. She has dinner with a guy and then walks home.
0: Yes. Awful one. And then the, and the father-in-law sees
1: her, of course, <laughs> while he's walking his nine dogs. She so at one point trash a cemetery plot. I think during her funeral, they walk all over the plant. I don't know how we left that part out. I don't really get The, the father-in-law only seems to exist for that one scene where he seems, sees the
0: wife. Yeah, and also it's the idea that all the families are living together under one roof. Why aren't you moving in here? Because the dad doesn't like, doesn't like my, my husband. The dad's the villain of the piece. It's, it's funny because they try to make the two guys the villain of the piece. I think the dad's the villain of the piece. And even yeah. he gets, and then he gets away with it because she says, I, I don't want you to see her anymore. And all she gets from this guy is, well, I guess my life is ruined now. <laughs> she goes really is your life ruined no i guess it's okay i i guess you're 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 fine you were okay wife i guess i don't know i'll bang the table. i'll bang the table once there you go you're welcome
1: oh yeah he's he's just not good yep. it's the worst all right so all right, we got so next next one's going to be man what's it called i know it, what it's about it's a crazy it, animal
0: product willie's wonderland i believe
1: willie's wonderland and i'm excited to see it because i've seen it on amazon for a while cool.
0: uh yes willie's wonderland and it is uh i i would say this is going to go on the other side i i have seen it you guys I, you're going to enjoy it uh, the acting style is completely different um and it will be a fun one to talk about probably a a little more uh, divisive, perhaps, than this last movie, because this one—this one was just—it was just popcorn. That's yeah, it was just a safe movie. Yep. But and right in the middle of it is a crazy man yelling about, "I lost my hand. I lost my wife." Johnny's got his hand. Johnny's got his wife. Brilliance! It's a, a supernova in the in the, <laughs> in the midst of a blank sky. All right. Well, that's I think about does it for today. Once again, I'm Drake Mickelson, this is Malcolm Mickelson, and you've been listening to The Cage Equation.